By late spring of 1992, Bob and Catania Saltzman were at a breaking point. Initially, they'd moved to idyllic Taos, New Mexico to enjoy the outdoors and relish some peace and quiet. But Taos was anything but quiet. A low, constant, maddening hum had been plaguing the town for over a year. It sounded like a truck idling on the street for hours and days on end. The noise grew even louder at night. Shortly after she first noticed the hum, Catania had written to the local newspaper, hoping media attention might motivate the city to fix the problem. But the moment the story hit the stands, the Taos News was bombarded with calls and letters from families across town complaining about the same noise. Acoustical engineers were called in, as were local scientists and even representatives from the federal government. But no amount of testing could explain the hum. Months turned to years, and still the hum persisted. It kept Bob and Catania up at night, driving them and their neighbors mad. During the day, it became difficult to focus on simple tasks. Only the sound of a TV could drown out the quiet but persistent rumble. Finally, the Saltzmans accepted their mountain retreat would never again be quiet. They packed up a moving truck and moved out of state. As they crossed the county lines, the mysterious hum finally ceased. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our first episode on Mysterious Humming, an elusive, unexplainable noise that has plagued whole towns across the world for decades. But despite its power, researchers haven't been able to trace its cause. Since the hum first appeared in the early 1970s, between 2 and 10% of people in an affected area have fallen victim, tortured with insomnia, headaches, nausea, and at least one reported suicide. This week, we'll track the history of the hum and explore what researchers have learned so far. Next week, we'll discuss the popular conspiracy theories surrounding the hum, from secret military operations to an electromagnetic mind control device. It may sound far-fetched, but disturbingly, it's already proven science. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. 
The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hundreds of people across the world have been plagued by a mysterious hum. It sounds like a car idling nearby or the rumble of distant thunder. Except this hum has no obvious explanation. It simply is. Omnipresent, invasive, and relentless, the humming buzzes on year after year, driving its victims to the brink of madness. The hum is among the most vexing mysteries of our time. For some, it's an annoying buzz that can be drowned out with white noise machines. For others, it's like a dentist drill, always grinding away in the background. In many cases, the hum has made its presence known in a more visceral way by shaking window panes, breaking light bulbs, and turning backyard swimming pools into tuning forks. Usually, the hum will infiltrate an entire town, emitting a frequency that about one out of 20 residents can hear. But what is it, and where is it coming from? Truthfully, we have no idea. The best we can do is start at the beginning and piece together clues along the way. To date, the hum has been heard all over the world, but it's most concentrated in Europe, North America, Australia, and New Zealand. It was first reported in the UK in the English port city of Bristol. When a newspaper asked locals who had heard the hum, some 800 people replied that they had and were suffering because of it. In 1973, New Scientist magazine reported on the hum, detailing a study done on 50 sufferers. These residents experienced a low, throbbing background noise that no one else could hear. This mysterious hum only started in Bristol. Over the next 20 years, it crept across England and up into Scotland. A colorful resident of White Hills, Scotland, likened it to putting your head in the wash for a spin cycle. Then, by 1992, the hum made its way across the Atlantic to the U.S. 
It first sprang up in Hueytown, Alabama, before moving west to Taos, New Mexico. Taos is an idyllic mountain retreat, home to many affluent transplants who fled city life. Julia Roberts, Dennis Hopper, and Donald Rumsfeld have all been residents. But in the early 90s, the town's most famous resident was a pervasive, inexplicable hum that affected approximately 2% of its 4,000 residents. As was the case in Bristol, many described the hum as a low throb that shattered their concentration and made it hard to sleep. Others described it as a whirring noise, like a generator starting up. And a third group heard a buzzing sound, so a slightly higher pitch than the whirring and throbbing. Taos resident Catania Saltzman began hearing the hum toward the end of 1991. A few months later, her husband Bob could hear it too, especially late at night. Nobody else seemed to be complaining about the noise, so Catania and Bob figured it must be construction somewhere in town. But after months of intermittent humming, Catania decided to take action. In March of 1992, she sent a detailed letter about the humming to the Taos News. She hoped that by raising awareness around the issue, the city might be inclined to investigate. To Catania's surprise, the Taos News was soon flooded with phone calls from other residents suffering from the same hum. At first, some armchair investigators suspected the noise could be a byproduct of a secret military project taking place outside of town. After all, between Taos and the Air Force's highly classified Area 51 in Nevada is about 800 miles of desert. Another less fantastical explanation was the diesel generator at the new golf course on the outskirts of town. But researchers who surveyed the scene quickly ruled this out. At one point, a team of scientists attempted to suss out the culprit. They used geophones, a special recording device, to measure electromagnetic, acoustical, and seismic energy around town. But all they managed to record was a pack of gophers tunneling a new home. Their research wasn't totally fruitless. The researchers also asked several hum hearers in Taos to recreate the hum using signal generators. They matched the hum to low-range frequencies similar to those recorded in Bristol in the 1970s. It was fascinating, but didn't leave any clues on what was causing the hum. One researcher suggested that perhaps the hum hearers had incredibly sensitive hairs lining their inner ears. When stimulated, these hairs could be turning ears into amplifiers. If this were the case, it would mean that hum hearers were self-producing the very buzz that was driving them crazy. Joining this research effort was Joe Mullins, a professor of mechanical engineering at the University of New Mexico and, quite possibly, a hum hearer himself. He sent surveys to thousands of people and visited the homes of several hearers. His team installed equipment in their homes that would measure sounds and vibrations in the air. 
And when all was said and done, this research revealed something peculiar. There wasn't any acoustical real sound, and it also didn't seem electromagnetic. What they were looking for was so low frequency that they couldn't detect it. But none of this information got him any closer to identifying why the noise was happening. One researcher suggested that perhaps the hum was caused by transmissions from cell phone towers. At the time, cell phones were relatively new and not widely used. The wealthy residents of Taos could afford such luxuries, which would explain why the remote town was suffering from the hum while other cities were left unaffected. But that didn't explain the hum heard in Hueytown, Alabama, or why the hum matched the frequencies heard in Bristol in the 1970s. So the theory was soon dismissed. Whatever was happening seemed focused in Taos and Hueytown, two communities with very little in common. The mystery proved unsolvable, and the hum continued for years, driving the whole of Taos insane. Soon, Catania and Bob Saltzman had finally had enough. They sold their custom-built home and moved out of Taos. They haven't heard the hum since. For a while, the hum seemed contained to Hueytown and Taos. Then, in 1996, the Boston Herald reported on a hum permeating the small coastal towns of Hull and Nahant in Massachusetts. Both communities are located on peninsulas that jut out into the Atlantic. In both cases, the hum was described as a large truck idling in the distance. But unlike the hums in Taos and Bristol, this one was strong enough to rattle windows. Whatever it was, the humming seemed to be getting stronger over time. But much as had been the case in New Mexico and the UK, no one could figure out why these tiny Massachusetts towns were plagued by such a grating noise. In 1999, the hum resurfaced again, this time in a small industrial town called Kokomo, Indiana. Not the Kokomo from the Beach Boys song, but presumably just as lovely. This hum matched reports from Bristol, Hueytown, Taos, and Massachusetts. It manifested as a constant low rumble that proved irritating during the day and maddening at night. One resident told ABC News it went from a headache to a never-ending headache. Hum hearers in Kokomo also began experiencing frequent nosebleeds, dizziness, and upset stomachs. And by 2004, the municipal government had finally approved an investigation into the root cause of the hum. The investigators pointed to a seemingly obvious culprit the cooling system used at a nearby Daimler Chrysler plant. After years of constant use, the fans were causing a racket and in need of repair. The city ordered the fans to be fixed, expecting the problem to go away. But not only did the hum persist, some said it started getting louder at night. Investigators were out of answers. Kokomo joined the small, unfortunate community of hum towns that still buzz in perpetuity. 
Up next, some interesting developments in the Hum case. Parcasters, we're entering the spookiest season of the year. And while I can't wait for candy corn to hit the grocery store shelves, I'm also looking forward to more frightful parts of fall, starting with Parcast Network's newest original series called Haunted Places Ghost Stories. Starting October 1st, we're bringing you the scariest, most hair-raising ghost stories ever imagined. Every Thursday on Haunted Places Ghost Stories, Alastair Murden summons a new spine-tingling tale of wraiths, phantoms, and chilling apparitions. These stories come from all over the world, including Japan, India, the UK, and even ancient Rome. Don't miss stone-cold classics like The Kit Bag by Algernon Blackwood, a sinister account of a condemned murderer's final wish, and the lengths he'd go to fulfill it. And The Miserere, a Spanish tale of a wandering musician who hears a terrifyingly beautiful song in a burned-out monastery and is doomed to capture its notes until he dies. You can find and follow Haunted Places Ghost Stories free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, October is our favorite month and one of our busiest, so make sure to search Parcast Network in the Spotify search bar to see all of our new shows. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Since at least the 1970s, a mysterious hum has plagued communities across the world seemingly at random. And despite the best efforts of leading research teams, acousticians, and seismologists, no plausible explanation had ever been presented. Many medical professionals have suggested the hum is tinnitus, a fairly common hearing condition. According to the Mayo Clinic, about 15 to 20 percent of people will experience this condition at some point in their life. Tinnitus is defined as the perception of noise or ringing in the ears. It's usually not a serious condition and oftentimes the ringing goes away on its own. But it can worsen with age, at which point treatment to lessen the noise is advised. While this may seem like an obvious answer, there are some notable differences between tinnitus and the hum. For one thing, the ringing sound associated with some forms of tinnitus is high-pitched, whereas the hum is described as low and rumbling, like a subwoofer. Additionally, victims of the hum report a wider range of symptoms, including nausea, anxiety, and nosebleeds. Some also describe the noise as a physical experience, claiming they feel slight vibrations that match the persistent rumble. One researcher living in Connecticut said that sometimes it can feel like the hum is squeezing his brain. 
But perhaps the most telling sign is that the humming goes away when its victims leave town on vacation. The moment they get back home, the rumbling and vibrations return. In other words, it really is location-specific. All in all, the symptoms of the mysterious hum are far beyond anything commonly associated with tinnitus. But while an ear infection fails to explain the hum, a team of international scientists have offered an interesting alternative. Since the dawn of time, the Earth, in and of itself, has emitted a hum. It's not the same as the mysterious hum, Rather, the Earth vibrates at a frequency that is 10,000 times lower than humans are capable of hearing. So unless hum hearers are evolved super mutants, this is not an answer to their issue. But in a series of experiments between 2012 and 2013, a group of French, English, and German scientists were able to isolate the Earth's hum underwater for the first time in history by deploying seismometers to the ocean floor around Réunion Island, a French territory in the middle of the Indian Ocean. They found that the Earth's hum corresponds with the frequencies of waves rolling over ridges and continental shelves and bashing into one another in the open ocean. It seems like this theory, forgive the pun, holds water. If you've ever done an Atlantic crossing by boat, you know that waves can reach 12 feet on a calm day. It's not unreasonable to assume that all that power could cause powerful vibrations. But how does Earth's hum connect with the mysterious hum? At around the same time as the Réunion Island experiment, the mysterious hum was being recorded by a land base in Algeria. Sometime afterwards, the Réunion Island hum was compared to the hum recorded on land. Researchers found that the oscillating frequencies of each hum matched up over an 11-month period. After this discovery, it was suggested that the mysterious hum could be the result of immense oceanic forces or some other kind of natural atmospheric turbulence. This ocean hypothesis might make sense for coastal towns like Bristol, Hull, and Nahant, but why would people further inland hear the hum? After all, Taos, New Mexico is nowhere near the ocean. Not too long after the 2013 experiment, countless explanations began popping up on Reddit, blaming all usual suspects, aliens, ghosts, and the CIA. The theories were spirited, if unhelpful. Unless extraterrestrials really are squeezing our brains, in which case we owe an apology to Alien Watcher 38723. At the turn of this century, stories of the hum were still scattered. No one had compiled them into a workable database that could be compared side by side. At least, not yet. It was well past midnight in Norman, Oklahoma, a tiny suburb of Oklahoma City. The coffee shops and boutiques that lined the main drag had been closed for hours. 
a tailgate party at the nearby University of Oklahoma had finally packed it in for the night. The town was so quiet you could hear a pin drop. Quiet for everyone, that is, except David Deming, professor of geosciences at the university. Deming was lying in bed, staring at the ceiling. He'd gone to bed hours beforehand, but just as he'd started to doze off, a light bulb in his bedroom exploded. Then he started to hear a low, persistent hum that had kept him awake since. Deming figured it was a one-night anomaly, perhaps caused by a transformer on the street or something. But the next day, when he asked around, nobody else on campus had heard it. A few nights later, his sleep was again interrupted, this time by a smoke alarm. Deming leapt from bed, confused to discover there was no fire, smoke, or even a strong gust of wind. It was inexplicable, and he began to wonder whether something in his apartment was causing these late-night spooks. Some may have written off the light bulb and smoke alarm as paranormal activity, but being a diligent academic, Deming was sure there was a scientific explanation. He delved into research, compiling as much information as he could find. All the while, his sleep deprivation worsened. It was as though the hum knew he was closing in on it and was fighting back in full force. Finally, in 2004, Deming published his work, a 25-page research paper in the Journal of Scientific Exploration entitled The Hum, an anomalous sound heard around the world. The paper documented every verifiable report of the hum since 1970. Deming's report further highlighted the differences between acoustic and electromagnetic sounds. Now, we all know acoustic sounds. They are delivered to us by sound waves and make up the gross majority of our auditory experience. However, Deming suspected that the hum was something else, electromagnetic energy. Electromagnetic radiation refers to waves that transmit energy. They have electrical and magnetic properties and travel through the vacuum of space at the speed of light. That might be hard to picture, but the concept is quite simple. These waves move around us constantly. They're responsible for our ability to see color, watch TV, and scroll mindlessly on our phones. In short, electromagnetic waves are our friends. As far as we know, electromagnetic waves don't emit sound, but Deming explains that there is some evidence that they can create the perception of a sound in certain listeners. In addition, he wrote, there are anecdotal reports of what can only be called electrical effects associated with the hum. Deming mentioned one hearer who said that it seemed as if his bed was vibrating with electricity. In his paper, he referenced reports from the 1940s of people who claimed they heard radar signals. At the time, they were considered mentally ill. But in 1962, researcher Alan Fry challenged that diagnosis. He conducted an experiment that proved some people could, in fact, hear radio waves. 
What made the experiment undeniable was that at least one of the participants who heard the radio waves was deaf. This proved that sound could be perceived that was not acoustic, further supporting Deming's theory. Deming also referenced the aurora borealis, or northern lights, one of the most stunning natural phenomena on Earth. Throughout history, there have been stories of those who could hear the aurora sing, and sure enough, the aurora generates radio waves. It seemed as though Deming had pinpointed what the hums were. The only question left was why. Coming up, a small Canadian town deepens the mystery. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now back to the story. In 2004, geoscientist David Deming published his research paper, The Hum, An Anomalous Sound Heard Around the World. The paper not only provided a sound explanation of what the hum was, it caught the attention of a man who had already spent years piecing the puzzle together. Canadian researcher Glenn McPherson had been tracking the hum since 2012 when he first started hearing it in his British Columbia home. Since then, McPherson had created a global map that pinpointed every report of the hum he could find, and he invited others to add to it. The map is littered with red dots, mostly concentrated in the Western world and Japan. Elsewhere, the dots seem to hover around metropolitan areas where the country's wealth is most concentrated. Deming's work proves that the hum is most likely electromagnetic. McPherson's map showed that it was concentrated in the most technologically advanced places in the world. Even so, no one could identify the common link. But a small town in Canada was about to present an interesting theory. In early 2011, Mike Provost was enjoying a relaxing day at home in Windsor, Ontario. A newly retired insurance salesman in his 60s, he had long been anticipating days like these when he could awaken at his leisure and putter around the garden. But that morning, Mike's plans changed. A low, distant rumble broke the morning silence. At first, he assumed a thunderstorm must be brewing. Odd for so early in spring. But though the noise persisted, no rain fell. Perplexed, Mike went outside to investigate. But like thousands of hum hearers before him, he found no obvious source for the noise. 
That sound of low, persistent thunder went on for hours, days, then weeks. Mike couldn't sleep. He couldn't focus. His head was spinning from the constant sound of a brewing storm, and he frequently felt nauseous. He set up an elaborate sound system in his garden, intent on recording the hum as proof that he wasn't fabricating the noise. He also turned to the central hub for armchair detectives, Facebook. And Mike was surprised to find that thousands of his neighbors were also complaining about the hum. They created a Facebook group to share stories and even upload recordings of the noise. The group's membership quickly climbed to over 1,000. Mike stepped in as one of the moderators and has been co-managing the group ever since. After joining the group, Mike began recording activity in his garden round the clock, only stopping to switch out memory cards. And together, the approximately 2% of Windsor who could hear the hum posted testimonials and recordings, building evidence to prove that it wasn't all in their heads. Finally, after months of raising Cain, their Facebook group was able to bypass city council by capturing the attention of the federal government. Specifically, the Geological Survey of Canada, a federal agency tasked with developing Canada's natural resources and protecting its environment. In September 2011, surveyors A.L. Bent and C.R.D. Woodgold issued a report titled Seismic Investigation of the Rumblings in Windsor, Ontario. The report stated with 95% accuracy that the hum's point of origin was at or around a small strip of land in the Detroit River known as Zug Island. Mike's hometown of Windsor sprawls along the Detroit River, which acts as a natural border between Windsor, Ontario, and Detroit, Michigan. On the American side of the river is a small landmass called Zug Island. Though tiny, the island is home to a massive steel mill. The representatives from GSC didn't go so far as to name the steel mill as the culprit, but they did conclude that the maddening hum emanated from or around Zug Island. But it would prove difficult to verify this theory. The island was across the border, patrolled by an army of security guards and covered in signs that read, this is a restricted area defined by homeland security regulations. To continue their investigations, the Canadian government would need permission from the U.S. But without explanation, the U.S. declined. Zug Island has often been called Detroit's Area 51. Its heavy security and ironclad secrecy have long stoked rumors that the island is home to a secret government test site. And after the U.S. declined the Canadian government's request, It only further convinced people that there was something to hide. In 2014, the Canadian government commissioned an official report on the humming, which again showed that its source was likely located near Zug Island. But once again, cross-border politics prevented Canadian officials from being able to investigate the steel mill. And so, the residents of Windsor were left to wonder, 
Were the Americans hiding a top-secret government operation, or had the Canadian government simply stepped on the toes of Big Steel? Oddly, it seems that no one in Detroit has ever complained about the hum. Apparently, it can only be heard in Windsor. Still, many Windsor locals have never heard the hum, though there might be a few reasons for that. According to a BBC report from 2009, the hum is most commonly heard by women and those over 50 years of age, though there's no scientific explanation for why that might be. Second, the hum has reportedly lessened over the years, affecting a smaller and smaller range of neighborhoods. Mike Provost lived nearest to Zug Island, which could explain why he still hears the hum even as its range decreases. But recently, in summer 2020, the steel plant stopped using their blast furnace, and the hum seems to have vanished in Windsor. The activity on Zug Island is still interesting. First, because it marks the first time the mysterious hum has been pinpointed to an exact location. Second, because the tight government security made it easy to believe that perhaps Homeland Security really did have something to do with the hum, just like the people of Taos, New Mexico suggested. Was the military the missing link between Area 51 and the Area 51 of Detroit? It might seem laughable, but the military does have a history of experimenting with electromagnetic waves. On December 13, 2006, the Pentagon released a previously classified report under the Freedom of Information Act entitled Bioeffects of Selected Non-Lethal Weapons. The report, from 1998, detailed the testing of non-lethal methods of torture. The hope was that by manipulating radio frequencies and pointing them at a target, they could implant voices and white noise in the target's head. In short, the government was developing a mind control device. From what we can glean from the report, the device seemed to be a kind of laser that would shoot pulses of radio frequency energy at the target, causing a sensation known as microwave hearing. The target would begin hearing sounds that were originating in their own head, The hope was to begin using it on prisoners of war to create, quote, psychologically devastating effects. Military researchers likely based this invention on something called the Fry effect. In this earlier study, a close-range microwave was able to communicate the numbers 1 through 10 to a human test subject. The subject heard the numbers loud and clear, but audio recorders in the room picked up nothing. It was the stuff of a sci-fi film. The possibilities of this were likely thrilling for the military. Microwave hearing could be used as a weapon. The report also detailed a few other effects that will sound familiar. In an acoustic energy experiment, subjects were made to listen to low-frequency noise at a high volume, Test subjects suffered from nausea, which was the intended outcome. Could this kind of government testing be the reason for the hum? It's a terrifying concept, and there's one more quick story that paints the bigger picture. 
It dates back to 1961. That year, the U.S. Navy launched a test program called TACAMO, an acronym that stands for Take Charge and Move Out. TACAMO used aircraft transmitters to relay messages at very low frequencies in the case of nuclear war. This would be vital to the war effort, especially if we ever enter a World War III. The TACAMO program went through several evolutions between the 1960s and 2000s and proved to be an incredible method of communication. TACAMO aircrafts can stay safely in the air for long periods of time while they broadcast emergency action messages to key military vehicles and locations. While the specifics of when and where TACAMO transmissions are sent remain confidential, geoscientist David Deming noted that many TACAMO transmissions coincide with hum activity. Interestingly, TACAMO could also explain hum activity in Bristol and Scotland. Many naval exercises take place in the North Atlantic Ocean. Between the TACAMO program and mind control lasers, it really seems like the Department of Defense is solely responsible for the mysterious hum. Except there's still the question of Taos, New Mexico. Taos isn't near a land-based station, nor is it near a body of water. And the same could be said for Kokomo, Indiana. It's pretty out in the middle of nowhere. I blame aliens. You can state your case next week. For now, I'm interested in diving deep into more feasible theories, which brings us to the conspiracies. Theory number one. The government has developed a mind control device and is testing its efficacy on its own citizens. Theory number two, the mysterious hum is a byproduct of U.S. naval transmission systems, and the inherent stealth of the program has thus far allowed the root cause to go undetected. Theory number three, the hum is a result of a new technology. But the culprit isn't cell phone towers or the military, it's natural gas lines. As we fall deeper into the rabbit hole of the mysterious hum, no explanation will seem too far-fetched. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Wednesday to get to the bottom of the mysterious humming. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Babette Dunkelgren, with writing assistance by Ali Wicker, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. Don't forget to follow Haunted Places Ghost Stories for the spookiest thrillers ever imagined. 
collected from all around the world and all throughout time. Alastair Murden brings a new story to life every Thursday. Follow Haunted Places Ghost Stories free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>